joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We must go where lost people are. They're searching for meaning and purpose in their lives. God designed the church to be a place where you and I are trained to go out into the marketplace of life and share the good news. That's one of the reasons we're here this morning. I'm trying to go through the Word of God to challenge you that there are doors of opportunity in front of us that always are there, but we miss them because we're focused only on our own self. Jesus didn't come to please the religious crowd. Jesus didn't come to be popular in the social crowd. Jesus didn't come to hang out with the wild bunch. Instead, Jesus entered the world to save sinners. When we look at the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus reached out to men and women, young and old, powerful and forgotten, demon-possessed and the politically correct. He came to save sinners of all shapes, sizes, and stripes. He came to save you, and me. Pastor Mark will challenge us to look for these doors of opportunities and walk through them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 5, with our continuing study entitled, Jesus, Follow Me and Become Like Me. When we see the lifestyle of Jesus, the Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. The disciples had learned that the Holy Spirit would speak to Jesus and lead him in certain situations. One day, they were there in Jerusalem, and they were going back north to Galilee. And they got up that morning, and Jesus said to his disciples this. You remember it. You remember it well. Uh, I must go to Samaria. And the disciples said, well, Jesus, you know, we don't go to the Samaritan people. We go around that nation. We're not interested in those people. They're half-breeds. I must go to Samaria. Now, how did Jesus know that? He was led by the Spirit. And you remember what happened. He meets a woman at the well, and pretty soon the whole town comes out and gets saved. I must go. So Peter stops, John stops, because they're led by the Spirit to this one man. By the way, you can be led by the Spirit. That's a normal thing for It's not weird like, oh, I'm getting a little chill now. I'm going to stop and talk to this person. You do. They'll be gone. They don't want to hear a weirdo. But you're going to hear the Spirit say to you, okay, it's time to say a word. Just a word. Just a word. Just say it. Just say a word. Not long ago, my wife was walking 
And she came across an individual in the neighborhood and just spoke. It opened up a whole door of conversation to uh, all kinds of disease and hospitalization and whatever. And it was just a word of encouragement. See, you, you never know. And so if we're going to focus on self, we'll just walk by. But if we're being led by the Spirit, we're going to walk through that door of ministry and we're going to touch people's lives. Well, watch what happens next. Look at verse 5. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said... Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What that means? That's the authority and the power of Jesus. Jesus gave all of us that at the Great Commission, Matthew 28. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. What happened there? Either a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a supernatural healing, some extra amount of faith. Can you imagine? Probably I, I can imagine Peter saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he stopped her breath. What did I just say? Walk. Where did that come from? Write this down because it's not just being led by the Spirit. You can't be led by the Spirit unless you're filled with the Spirit. See, Christ followers minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. The ability of man is not equal to the power of God. Now you're going to see that in a moment. Now Jesus lived his whole life on earth in the power of the Spirit. He remained filled under the influence. Well, when Peter raised this man, look at verse 8. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them in the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Let's just stop there for a moment. How long had it been since this man had ever walked? He never walked. Let me challenge you this morning. Do not ever underestimate the miracle-working power of God. See, we isolate things. This man had never walked. Now, we believe in medicine. We believe in surgeons. Absolutely. If this guy had gone to a surgeon and he'd have done everything he can do and would have maybe fixed him, tell me, how long before he's walking? The same moment when he comes out of the recovery room? Tell me, yes or no. Come on, no. Okay, how long before he's jumping? Could be a long time. How many have been to rehab? You know what that's like, don't you? Stretch that what happened here? Instantly. Feet, muscles, sinews, all kinds of tendons that have never worked, work perfectly. What is that? That's a miracle of God. Do not underestimate God. Now because of that, it came because of the authority, and it came because of the power of Jesus. Well, look what happens. When all the, what? people, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Now, what have they seen? They're seeing the same man that has now been what? Changed. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Now, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, here we go again, all the people were astonished and not only the ones that had just seen this, but the word traveled fast. And they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. 
Let's try it again in like unison, okay? Door. Do you see this as a door of opportunity? This man is healed. He's jumping up and down. Pretty soon the word spreads. And Peter's standing there. And what's he have in front of him? Thousands of people. What would you call that? God, let me get out of here. I don't like crowds. <laughs> no, that, that's a door of opportunity. That's a door of what? That's a door of ministry. Who opened the door? God did. Because Peter was obedient. I hope you're getting, beginning to see this. You're like, well, Pastor Mark, that's not me. Yes, it is you. But many, many times simpler ways. So watch what happens when we see this. The disciples had watched Jesus always going to where lost people were. Jesus would always go to the marketplace. He, he didn't do a lot of stuff in the temple, other than maybe turn over tables. He went to the marketplace where lost people were. And so this is what Peter now goes these people are confused. They're lost. I know exactly what Jesus would do. Watch this. Here's what you want to write. Christ followers go to the marketplace of life around lost people like Jesus. You see, Jesus is one given the Great Commission said to us, go. We must go where lost people are. They're searching for meaning and purpose in their lives. God designed the church to be a place where you and I are trained to go out into the marketplace of life and share the good news. That's one of the reasons we're here this morning. I'm trying to go through the Word of God to challenge you that there are doors of opportunity in front of us that always are there, but we miss them because we're focused only on our own self. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, what do you, what do you mean, doors of opportunity? Well, in life, there's always crossroads. People that are doing like, you know, one of the things we, you know, when you get in a habit, it's kind of hard to break the habit. It's very difficult. Usually, scientists tell us it takes us 21 days to break a habit. 21 days. And you're going to see this morning that when something changes in a person's life, they're open to something different. Let me give you an idea. Here's some things you can look for in people's lives. Take a look on the overhead. Newly married couples, as they get married, a little while after they're married, they begin to realize, this is not like it's easy as I thought it was. And they're going to ask for help, and they're going to talk, and it might be at work, it could be at school, it could be a lot of places. And they'll talk about marriage. And those of you that have been married longer and have perfect marriages, you can... Yeah, all three of us. Yeah, right. If my wife is here, that took, goes down to two people. Anybody else want to say anything? No, you can begin to talk to them. This is an opportunity because something's new in their life. Second, new parents. I've seen this over the years. People that don't believe in God, they have a child. What happens? The little child comes home. First thing they know, it's what? It's a miracle. I have a friend, great guy, scientist, not really a believer in God, saw the child born open to the gospel, is a Christian today. Why? Why? Miracle. That didn't just happen. That's a miracle. How may say amen for that? Amen for that. And thank you, ladies. Praise you, God. All right. That was a miracle. And you and I begin to know, if you have any kind of church background, that child is going to live for how long? Tell me. Tell me how long. Forever. So you begin thinking about what? So that's why our kids' ministry... It's such a vibrant thing. Remember, when the kids came to Jesus, what did the disciples kind of say? Oh, get them out of here, would you? No. Why did we do the bridges of hope? 
When kids are ministered to by someone else, fed, clothed, taught, what happens to the parents? Their hearts are open to that. That's exactly an open door for you. Next, a new sickness or health issue. You're at work. You're sitting at work and you say to Joe, Joe, what was wrong with you today? You, you don't seem to be yourself. Well, I'm fine. Day goes on about noon. You see Joe and you're going to have lunch. You say, come on, Joe. Now, you're not fine. Something ain't, something ain't exactly right there. It's money problem? What, what's the issue? Kind of, kind of talk to me. Joe finally opens up to you and he says, well, I had a normal x-ray yesterday, my physical, and they found the tumor on my lung. And the doctor says, it doesn't look good. I'm going to do a CT scan tomorrow. Now, that is a door for who? For you. Not for the doctor. For you. So what could you say to that individual? Well, I'll pray for you. Anything I can do? If you need help, call me. Let me know the result. I'm really, I'm really interested in you. I have a God that uh, we can pray to that also can heal. We'll be there for you. If all of a sudden he comes back two weeks later and says, I'm going to have to go in and I don't know what's going to happen. Well, no, don't worry. You go have the surgery. Would you like my pastor, one of our pastors, come pray for you? Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, then I'll come pray for you just before surgery. Is that okay for you? Yeah, but it's going to be six in the morning. That's okay. And, yeah, but I don't have anybody to do the lawn. No problem. We'll have some people help you with the lawn. Hello? Do you see what I'm saying? Who's going to do that? You. But see, I got my own lawn. It's too busy. A six in the morning? I don't get up at six in the morning. Wait a minute. Why are you here? Well, I'm waiting for the bus for heaven. Am I getting through a little? I'm not going to have time to go through all the rest, but think of this. Loss of a job? What's a person like when they lose their job? They're devastated. What's one thing you can say as you counsel them and talk with them and love on them and be with them? Well, the source is really God. And maybe you've been through one. Death in a family. Every pastor at this church, when they do a funeral, they ask for people to get saved. Why? Because the people watching the funeral, they know it's going to be them one day. See, that's an open door. Marriage problem, family problem, children, teenager, pregnancy, a spouse walks out the door, natural disasters. All of those are crossroads that all of us have in life. What are they? Open of opportunity. So when I see them, I can't just look at them. I have to open the door and go through to them. And when I go through, I'm going to be touching people. There's only three things important in life. God, people, and how I use my time. I'll be touching people. That's exactly like Jesus. It's exactly like Jesus. By the way, how did those 199 people get saved last weekend at our places. You invited them. You brought them. You encouraged people. Thank you. You served. You ministered in the parking lot and a million other places. All that happened, all those people came to Christ because of you. Of course, ultimately God. But you walked through doors. Thank you. I was reading a pastor this week. He said, we should do Easter every week. Well, what he meant by that was this. 
If you and I were as intentional every week in inviting lost people as we were Easter week, maybe it would make a big difference. Could I hear an amen somewhere? So don't forget, well, Easter's over. I got to, I got plenty of time to not go by this door till Christmas is coming. No, let's be intentional. Good stuff. Now look at verse 12. You already heard this. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, why does this surprise you as they're looking at this miracle? Why do you stare at us by if our own power or God in this, we made this man. Uh, we, we made him walk. Now watch what, watch what he does when he walks through the door. He begins his second sermon. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the, our fathers, he's speaking to Jews, he knows his audience, has glorified his servant, Jesus. The very next thing we see Peter do is teach biblical truth from the Old Testament. Remember, these people didn't have scripture. They had been taught orally. So Peter is going to teach them the same way, orally. Orally. That's why the seed company, we're getting this language translated to the people, the whole video to the people, so they can learn the Bible. Jesus always taught the importance of us being able to share Scripture. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4. You see down there over it. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if I'm going to be like Jesus, what does that mean? Here's what I want you to write down. Christ followers know the word here in Melbourne and Vera. They know the word and you can share the word like Jesus. See, if you've been a Christian two years, you ought to be able to lead someone to Christ. No problem at all. You don't have to be a biblical scholar, but you should know that. Peter was explaining how the miracle happened. And of course, it's always going to go back to the Word of God. It brings truth, it brings life, it brings fulfillment. And everything about the Word is about God. And so he says, hey, you know the God of your grandfathers? How about Abraham? Well, this is the same God. And by the way, he's going to say Jesus is God, which they didn't get. Now, let me summarize a little bit what happens next, chapter 4. The religious leaders, when they see a crowd, and then they see something else happen. The religious leaders are not too worried about the crowd. But we understand from Scripture, as a result of Peter's second sermon, Peter's first sermon, 3,000 men got saved. Peter's second sermon, it says right here, so here's the second sermon, 2,000 men get saved. So now we have between 10 and 15 or maybe even 20,000 new believers in a matter of a few days. What are the religious people doing? Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen. They're angry. See, when we walk through doors of opportunity, God honors that. Now, next thing is going to happen is Peter and John are going to be arrested. It's late in the evening. They put him in jail. And then the next morning, because the crowd disperses, the next morning they get Peter and John together. And here's what they say to Peter and John in the morning. By what power did you do this miracle? Door by what power did you do this miracle? Well, it was my power. It was my second sermon. Not quite as good as the first, uh, 3,000 the first, second, but I'm doing okay. You know Peter's not going to answer that way. Would you call that a door of opportunity? When the religious leaders say, how did this happen? Well, you watch what Peter says. He goes through and he responds, and he, he brings it all back to one thing, Jesus. Look at verse 12. We already read it earlier. 
Peter makes this statement to the religious leaders. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Where did Peter and John learn this truth? Where did Peter and John learn that there's only one way to heaven? Where did Peter and John learn that there's only one way through the door of salvation, and that door is Jesus Christ? Well, here's where they learned it. Remember what Jesus taught them? John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven unless they come through me, the door of salvation. So what does that mean? What is, what is Peter doing as he's walked through this door of opportunity? Here's what you want to write. Christ followers boldly proclaim the good news just like Jesus. This boldness to speak without fear. Nothing held back. Where did that boldness come from? You'll see in these passages 3 and 4, they're filled and they're refilled again. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. In other words, when this man was healed, it was not the ability of man. The ability of man is not equal to the power of God. It was the power of God. The same boldness that gives Peter in front of these religious leaders the boldness to make that claim. Now, look at verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. You know, what happened is the religious leaders are are in a quandary. They're saying this privately. Look, the lame man's there. I mean, he keeps jumping up and down all over the city. We can't say it was a fake. Well, what are we going to do about this? Well, there's only one thing to do. We're the religious leaders. We're going to tell them, shut your mouth. We don't want you saying one more word again. Now, we already saw the first persecution. This is the first persecution. They're thrown. By the way, I didn't write that one, but you can think about it. If you're going to walk like Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. Jesus said in this life, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. At some point. It's just going to be that way. Much worse overseas at the moment, but who knows what will happen in this country. So they say to Peter and John, just shut up. Don't talk about this anymore. This is a way to kind of, you know, just kind of put this thing and keep it in a safe mode. Well, verse 19 is a door. Verse 19 is a door of opportunity. They say, all right, you're there. You're Peter and John. And the religious leaders say this to you. Do not speak about Jesus again. Okay, thank you. No, this is a door of opportunity. This is a door of ministry. This is a door of teaching time. Watch what Peter says. Peter and John, they're together, replied, together. Now judge for yourself whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. That's a bold statement in itself. For we cannot help. This is where I want all of us to be. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Remember the song? I can't help myself. I can't help myself. That's what Peter says. Look, in the last few weeks, we've seen Jesus risen from the dead. How can I not talk about that? And then when I preached my first sermon, I didn't even have my iPad with me. And 3,000 people got saved. As we walk through this thing called life, we come to crossroads. These crossroads are being newly married, having a child, sickness or health issues, loss of job, maybe death, marriage problems, and even family problems. God uses these situations as doors of opportunities 
for us to share the good news. Pastor Mark challenged Christ followers to look for these doors of opportunity and walk through them. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge us to become more like Jesus and live our lives by following His example. God calls us to boldly speak about His love and the wonderful changes He's made in your life. Are you ready to walk through doors of opportunities? God will give you these doors. You must stay on the mission God has given you and walk through them. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world new hope he is giving Lord let us hear your lessons